Hello, Syngap Land. My name is Michael Gralia, and this is episode 102 of Syngap 10, your 10-minute weekly briefing on everything you need to know about Syngap 1. Today is Tuesday, April 25th, and Sprint for Syngap is on Saturday. That is in only four days, and I am so excited about it. There's a lot to cover in this episode. I'm going to try to move quickly. Before I talk about Saturday, I want to talk about Thursday, day after tomorrow. Jillian McKee from the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia, or maybe it's Pennsylvania, I don't know, CHOP, um, is doing a webinar about how they used Syngap data, how they use data to describe disease. So if you remember, Jillian McKee made that beautiful poster describing our disease. We use that, we show it to clinicians, we use it to inform discussion about drugs. And a lot of that data comes from CHOP, but a lot of that data also comes from Citizen. Sign up for Citizen because people like Dr. McKee are using that data to teach other doctors about our disease. Sign up for Citizen, citizen.com slash syngap1. If you're already in Citizen, make sure you've updated your records, app.citizen.com. But if you're like, why is Mike keep talking about this? Come to this webinar on Thursday. And even if you don't wonder why I'm talking about it, come to this webinar on Thursday. It's super cool. Dr. McKee is super cool. And it'll be really cool to see that. So that's this Thursday, syngap.fun slash McKee, M-C-K-E-E. Let's talk about And then there's two other webinars coming up in May. There's Dr. Smith and Dr. Lacoste. Very cool stuff. Don't have time to talk about it. Sign up for all the webinars. The webinars are an incredible opportunity to learn about what's going on. And um, as Syngapians, we are very fortunate that SRF, frankly, sets these up. These aren't easy to set up. You got a schedule and all these things. So come ask researchers and scientists questions live. It is your privilege as Syngap parents to do that. Take advantage of it. Let's talk about Sprint for Syngap. Sprint for Syngap is in four days. So far, we have raised $210,000 from 652 donors. Now, as usual, I will tell you the bulk of those funds come from the Tavilla family who do an incredible job of fundraising. Susan Tavilla, if you're out there, amazing. We couldn't do it without you. They rarely are carrying this event right now to the tune of, let's check how we're doing with the Tavillas. Got to open up the page. Team Tavilla is coming in at $144,000. And you might be tempted to hear that and be like, well, the Tavillas are doing this event. But a 210 minus 144 is, watch this math, $65,000. So this community's raised $65,000 plus the Tavillas are in for 144, so we're at 210. Guess what that is? That's an entire grant from this event. Good job. Phoebe's five for 30. Team Rocco for 10. Hope for Hadley for a seven. MMA coming in at two and change, almost at three. Team Andrew, 2,500. Wow, Joe, what happened there? Team Kai, almost at 2,000. Aria Wilson, almost at 2,000. Team Grayson, 1,500. Team Phelan, 1,200. Team Sadie, 998. Let's call it 1,000. Allison, 927. Team Naya, 880. Team M something, 750. Team Patrick, 619. Team Teddy, 600. Hope for Reef, 550. Kilometers for Kylan, 300. Misko? 250 team Lizzie is a hundred go Lizzie and that's the teams that are still getting going guys here's what I want you to take away from this every dollar matters we need these money to fund science and every donor matters 652 donors could we get that to a thousand if each of these teams put out some social posts and said to everyone they know could you could you could you spare a 10 or a hundred for this cause can you help us raise more money for syngap science? That would be great for two reasons. A, we need the money. B, and remember, 100% of funds go to science, right? Because we cover the overheads. But B, everybody who donates gets gets 
connected to SRF. We keep them on the mailing list. We let them know how the money was used. It's a great way to build this community. So consider increasing um, your fundraising in these final few days. Let's get Sprint for Syngap to be the most successful ever, which thanks to the Tavillas it already is. I want to also mention um, something that happened last week. I talked about the neuro emergency plan, if you remember that. This was uh, me talking about how a family was at the ER and things weren't going well and there was a lot of frustration. And I, I learned from asking around that best practice was really to get a letter from your neuro in the ER so that, um, so that what? So that when, when, when things went bad, the doctors there knew how to take you seriously and knew how to contact your physician. And I want to read you um, an email. I got a few really interesting emails out of that topic. And I just want to read you one of them. I'm going to anonymize it. But it's from a dad in the UK. Thanks me for the blog. Tells me who he is. And, he, and his son is uh, pushing 40. Syngapian pushing 40. Pretty impressive. Sadly, son is beginning to deteriorate. Once a strapping, very active young man, this horrible disease is starting to bring on new challenges. In anticipation of inevitable future visits, planned and unplanned at his local hospital, I started to inquire about preparing a pathway for him in order to avoid the inevitable delays like the one you have just described in your podcast. Smart dad. This has taken months, but we have made progress. This was recently demonstrated when he was rushed to the hospital with breathing issues, eventually diagnosed as pneumonia. We had in place an emergency action plan, which the medics could not find in their data systems. But thanks to the persistence of the care team, we located it. Right? So even when you've got prepared, things go wrong. I have no doubt that the existence of this plan was key to serious communication with the medical team, etc., etc., etc. Said some nice things. Really appreciated this email. I love it when people reach out. I love it when people reach out. But let me tell you why I just read you that. I really want all of us to think about, at any age, if something goes wrong, because here's the deal, guys. Syngap, things happen with Syngap. And things happen with normal people. They get sick. They get pneumonia. There's all these respiratory things going around. And our Syngapian kids, sometimes when they get what would just... <clears throat> slow a normal kid down, it just floors them and emergency rooms go nuts. So I want you to think about if and when your kid gets very sick and you have to go to the ER, does the ER know what to do with a Syngapian? Is there a letter in? I'm going to beat this drum for a little while because I want all of us to be prepared because I hate to see Syngap families suffer. Speaking of Syngap families suffering, as you know, if you've been paying attention, the Syngap Research Fund is built off of the inspiration of a few great organizations, primarily the Dravet Syndrome Foundation. Dravet Syndrome Foundation is led by Marianne Meskis and others, and it's an amazing organization. It was one of the first people who talked to Ashley and I, and I just, I think they're amazing. And they just put something out, and, and Marianne emailed a bunch of rare leaders and said, hey guys, we made this for our community, but it's really good stuff, and it wasn't cheap, and maybe you guys would want to take advantage of it. So what it is, it's called Caregiver Connect from DSF, and it's got four modules, taking care of the caregiver, caregiver burnout, communicating emotions, needs, and concerns, and managing grief. Sadly, we have to be good at all those things. And it's in four modules. You can watch them on the website, and there's a tip sheet. And there's a really long link that Marianne shared with us that I'm not going to read to you because it's too long. It's in the show notes. And I also made a short link, syngap.fund slash DSF, or Dravet Syndrome Foundation, CC. Caregiver Connect. 
So syngap.fun, DSFCC. If you want to do a little self-care, you're not sure where to begin, watch these modules, right? Check them out. Learn about what it means to be a caregiver of a rare person. Realize that's a job that you now have, whether you like it or not, and learn how to do it to take care of yourself. I think it's really exciting. And, and, I, and I'm really grateful to DSF for doing that. Rare news updates. I was uh, talking to the mom, another mom posted in um, the, the Facebook group and was saying, hey, my kid just went on this drug and things are going bonkers and what do we do? And we talked about it. A couple thoughts on that. First, pretty much any drug, frankly, start low and go slow, right? When you get a new drug, just consider just taking a couple days to get up to whatever the dose is to see how the child responds. Our kids are very sensitive to drug. That's my first thought. My second thought, before you start a new drug, ask the doctor what the half-life is and what the off-ramp is. The half-life is how long the drug stays in the body. The off-ramp is if, if you say to the doctor, how long until I should be worried if I don't like what I see? And what is the process for getting off this drug? These are important questions to ask before you start a drug. But the, the, the thing I wanna talk about right now and what's in the show notes is PGX, pharmacogenetics. PGX is a test you can do on your loved one, genetic test, cheek swab, nothing fancy. And it tells you how the body, your patient specifically, processes certain drugs. And there are certain drugs that, that people process differently. So PGX is a great thing to do. Insurance may or may not cover it. If you private pay it, it's, it's a few hundred dollars or maybe, maybe just $200. Honestly, I think it's worth it if you can afford it. I, I really encourage everybody to do PGX. Once you do PGX, you've done it for life, right? You have a little dashboard, your doctor can log in and say, how about this drug? And how about this drug? And how about this drug? So it's worth it. If you're thinking about drugs, please do PGX. Tony's about to walk in, but I'm gonna keep talking. The other thing I wanna talk about is there's a really cool paper that just recently came out in Nature by Drs. Iakucheva and Dr. Hong. And there's a Spectrum article about it. So you can read the Spectrum article, and if you want, you can read the whole paper. Links are in the show notes. Very cool stuff. We're going to ask them to do a webinar. Um, I'm pretty excited about, about that paper because I just had a dad at a wonderful visit this weekend. Local family just got diagnosed, and they were over, and dad was like, well, what about this, and what about this, and why can't we just do CRISPR? And we talked about that. You can't, can't just do CRISPR right now. It's not, it's not going to happen anytime soon. And... Um, this is a good paper to help answer that question. So I encourage everybody to look at the paper, the show notes and these things. I used to just talk and then write down what I said and publish. Now I actually prepare the show notes. These, these, these episodes are getting complicated. So um, check out the show notes, read that nature paper. And just a reminder, at, you sprint for Singap is Saturday. Thank you, Javillas. Thank you, everybody else. Um, MDBR is, is in 46 days. So that bike team is getting ready. The Syngap Conference is in 219 days. Hey, Tony, what's up? I'm gonna open that in just a second, my love. Um, plan on the conference, November 30th, December 1st, Science Day Family Day, Saturday, December 2nd. Everybody's gonna be in Orlando. We're all gonna be together. It's gonna be amazing. Maybe SeaWorld, who knows what people are gonna do, but plan now. Like the link is in the show notes for the conference to pre-register. The link is in the show notes for the hotel to book. Book that hotel room. Get yourself signed up. Start planning your childcare. Start planning your tickets. Start inviting your family to join you. This community comes together once a year for our conference. That is the time to show up. And then last reminder, we have a biorepository roadshow. This year, we need to collect as many samples as possible. I've talked about this in previous episodes. 
Dr. Terry Joe Bichelle did a webinar, links in the show notes, singf.fun slash TJB. Punchline, if you are anywhere near Philadelphia, Boston, Orlando, Westminster, Jacksonville, Nashville, Queens, San Diego, Cincinnati, Denver, San Antonio, Washington, LA, Orlando, one of the rare disease groups in combined brain is having a conference this year. And I want you to go to that just for the, a couple hours and, and give some blood from your Syngapian and yourself. So our friends at Combined Brain can collect Syngap samples at those conferences at no expense to you. And we can have those for our biorepository. The biorepository is really important and we really need those samples. With this said, thank you so much for listening. I am grateful for this community every day. We are growing by leaps and bounds. We are making a difference. This is just the stuff I told you about, guys. There's, there's, there's a lot happening and it's all good news. The future, if we keep working together, if we keep collaborating for the benefit of our loved ones, they will have a better future. Keep it up. Keep showing up. Keep connecting. God bless.